Hey everyone, just a quick note before we start. We had a few technical difficulties with this episode, but we still wanted to bring it to you. About half of the audio was lost from the beginning, but we still had a fun chat with our guest Bonnie, and we think it's worth hearing. So again, sorry for the issues, and enjoy the show. That's what happened on the Battle of Blair Mountain, and what do you think about that? Because I'm back now. <laughs> Heck yeah. I, like, it was a very awesome story. I had chills. Yeah, it so was good cool. stuff. Gave me real have hell you, yeah vibes. Have you all heard of that uh, previously? I had heard of it before, but not... Uh, the, uh, the one book that I read that was like, the history of all unions in America was really dry. So, <laughs> not as compellingly told. Yeah, I hadn't heard any of it, so that was all news to me. That was pretty cool. Uh, we had to learn it in school. That's how important it was to our curriculum. You know, we all. heard about the Union Wars and the Battle of Blair Mountain. So, obviously, at some point, it was important for Appalachian, coal, like coal miner, Rust Belt schools to protect against fascism. Yeah, and I think we, we gave up lost on that. that somewhere around Nixon. So um, I, I don't mean to be on too much of an agenda, but uh, no, my we... band, my project, you know, all of that, I think that that's a very large part of it is that I want, I get very upset when I talk to people from the North about the South and they say, ew, how could you ever? Mm-hmm. It's like it's pointless. You're like you're not you're writing off people who are doing like hard and good work. First of all, yeah, and a, a much larger percentage of non-white people live in the live south. in the south. Yeah, and and they have really horrible lawmakers. And instead of trying to change things, you say, "Oh, we'll just fuck that entire half of the country." Yeah. I've so had to, I get I've very passionate that. about that. Well, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I've had to unlearn that over time just because it was, I don't, because I went to a, an area, like a high school in an area where people liked the Confederate flag despite being in Pennsylvania. Like, Pennsylvania. So I'm like, yeah. I, don't, I was like, I, I didn't, they're like, oh, it's about the heritage and stuff. I'm like, not ours. So I don't know what you're referencing. You're not even from the <laughs> South motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so then like, as I like, got older and learned about it, I'm like, Oh, there's like a lot of like, it's a lot more of a complex discussion about what's, you know, what's going on down there. Like not the Confederacy necessarily, but the South. I wish that to me, a lot of it pertains to unions and, and fighting for individual rights. And if that's what they, that's what a real redneck is. So if they would, if they would, um, really latch worry onto about that, heritage, yeah. then they would know that, um, a very great book is, uh, what you're getting wrong about Appalachia. Um, whose author I will look up now because we are, as you know, the Paris of Appalachia. Hell yeah. What Pittsburgh is or? <laughs> Yeah. I've never heard of that before. I like that. <laughs> I was... I've heard, like, Gateway to the Midwest before, but I've never heard the Paris of Appalachia. That's cool. It's by Elizabeth Cat, K-A-T-T-E. Maybe I'm pronouncing that wrong. But it's a very good book. Um, so if you don't know anything about it, that's, um, that's a good way. Nice. But um, I'll get off my soapbox. No, it's okay. Here. I was just going to tell a story. Like, I was on, I, I'm almost always on a historic, like, queer historical romance kick, but I was on especially at some point last year, and someone was like, oh, like, you should check out this series. And I, and I like, re- downloaded it from the library and was like, oh, cool, I'll read this. And then I realized that the um, romantic interest was a former Pinkerton. Oh. And, like, he hadn't retired for, like, any good reason. He had retired just like he had hurt his leg or something. I was like, if this man has not retired just because, like, he realized that what he was doing was, like, the worst kind of cop shit, then I cannot relate to him as a romantic interest, and I have to return this book. <laughs> like, 
I ain't listening to no Pinkertons. <laughs> um, a gay cop, still yeah. a cop. Like, um, but there's there's a lot of good things. I especially like the Blackwater series by Michael McDowell. He's like the man who wrote all of the good things that Tim Burton did. Oh, nice. Like, um, you know, Edward Scissorhands and The Nightmare Before Christmas, he wrote all of those, but he's primarily a Southern Gothic writer. Nice. Well, that, that tracks. Yeah, but I mean, there there is a history of things like that, and especially in Appalachia, instead of families, we all have clans, and I feel like when you go... I mean, certainly not... I'm not saying that it's perfect by by any means, Dom. But <laughs> as as a white person covered in tattoos who looks strange, when I go to West Virginia, people are afraid that I might be part of a certain clan, so they leave you alone. Oh. Like, whether they know you or not. Like, maybe you're a distant cousin of a clan that's known for being psychologically not so hot. Oh my gosh. So they don't know, and I think you're taught in the South that you're you're just not supposed to stare at people. Like, I noticed that when I go below the Mason-Dixon, that people don't stare because they know that it's rude. <laughs> people up here don't always know that as well. <laughs> yeah, um, so things, things like that that I just uh, appreciate as a white woman who is covered in tattoos that's like... Hey, it's fine to look at my tattoos, but maybe, like, maybe ask. Yeah. Or maybe don't, like, whisk, you know, just stare at me gaping, like, have a conversation with me. That would be fine, too. I don't mind. I understand that I've covered myself in pretty pictures, and you want to ask. That's okay. I feel like, at least the way that I grew up, a lot of the the black culture that I grew up knowing felt tangential to, like, what people might consider southern hospitality or stuff like that um even my even my friends from maryland but i have friends from uh, like georgia and florida and stuff like that so a lot of the things that they talk about you know like the politeness the like more laid-back attitude and a lot of that i'm like man the south like once i got to college and started hearing about the south i'm like oh so the the shit that was down there is like the shit that was up here just like like racism was everywhere it's not like it was it's not like it was a southern export or anything like mm-hmm. that. And as I, as I grew to know, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, Atlanta sounds pretty dope. Like, it sounds like there's a lot of cool places to go. There's definitely some places I can't and won't go. Um, but that's true in Pennsylvania, too. I don't feel like the South has a has a monopoly <laughs> on, racism. <laughs> on racism or anything like that. Because so. there are places that are not safe, like... Yeah, I felt and, really comfortable in some southern places. And I felt uncomfortable in some northern places, it, And and correct me, again, as a white woman, if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of Southern culture, Southern food and soul food, Black culture, a lot of the times have a a lot more in common than different. I feel like a, a lot of Southern culture comes from Black culture. Soul food is definitely... Um, what southern comfort food comes from and and I feel in the north that when I speak to say a black mother she has a lot more in common with a southern white mother than than a northern white mother and how she expects her children to be respectful oh yeah so absolutely. on and so forth growing like, up I, yeah growing up my best friend's mom was from South Carolina and she still had like some southern twang and all that and out of everybody that I grew up with, her, she was the most like my mom out of anybody. She, like, it, mm-hmm. you know, good things and bad things. They're like, hey, you know, if, if you're acting up at her house, you're going to get treated the same way as if you were acting up at home. Um, I mean, I'll leave it at that, but it was kind of, you know, <laughs> if you keep acting up, like, you know, your parents are going to find out about it. And that's not going to be w- when the bad things start. And had a similar type of cooking and, you know, discussion. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I never heard the word the term comfort food tells probably like 23 or something some people are like what's your favorite comfort food i'm like i don't i don't know what that is like you know like <laughs> what's like a traditional food like with your family maybe you have it on a holiday that makes you feel good i'm like you mean like soul food they're like i i guess so i'm like uh 
well, you go first, and they'd say something like, oh, like mac and cheese or mashed potatoes. I'm like, oh, yeah, like like cornbread or maybe like my dad's wings or something or my mom's like turkey or breakfast food, like soul food kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in a hundred percent, that's cultural mixing, but definitely mm-hmm. has to do with, with slave food. Oh, yeah. Coming there. I'm, I'm really, really into cooking. And a lot of my cooking, because I'm, like, from a rural area and because I'm Italian, a lot of my cooking is, like, Italian food mixed with, like, southern comfort slash soul food. My God. You know. So you're like, eating good over there, then. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, so my, I mean, my, my friends of color, like, I'm, I, I would like to think I'm invited to the barbecue because they... I make good mac and cheese. We make very good smoked food. We make, you know, and it's a lot of the same. But I also recognize that, like, that's not from my heritage. Like, that comes from black folks having the time to cook things on Sunday. Like, the banjo comes from Africa. I could not make the music that I'm making without the absolutely horrible heritage that we have you know but there's a like a i don't i've never seen the actual special but there was like a conversation between anthony bourdain and alton brown at one point where they were both eating like southern comfort food and like like explicitly said like and this is food that came from like from have enslaved people like and it was just like such a shocking like kind of thing for them to acknowledge as like two white guys who are like such a big deal in the industry but like they're both also people who like are truth to power kind of yeah yeah no it's true definitely i mean it comes from um rich people who had slaves who had the money to send their slaves to france to learn the ridiculous really difficult french techniques of cooking and then they took that to the scraps that they were given and gave us things like brisket. And even if it were literally just brisket, we should all be forever thankful <laughs> that that exists. Because it's... It, or, again, you know, the like the banjo that, like, they brought their own instrument over and that became the banjo. And they mixed with Irish immigrants and created what we have as bluegrass and uh, jazz and that's america like that's literally america like we could not have that um and i think to not talk about that is just you know doing a disservice yeah i think that's part of what makes pittsburgh such an interesting place is because you know if you ask people like what's the what's the predominant type of people in pittsburgh like what's the culture i'm like I don't know. I, I feel like you get the you get the word yins because you have like okay, well we have all these black people, then all these Polish people, then all these Irish people, and all these Italian people, and we're just gonna stick them here and hope that they survive. And it's like, well, <laughs> what language do you get if if you mix all that together? Some kind of weird American English where people say Dan Tan. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Literally the worst accent. On the <laughs> Literally the ugliest yeah. accent. But it's yeah. but it's our ugly accent and our lovely yeah. culture. <laughs> I've like and, honest, uh, I ain't got much of that. Yeah, um, honestly, since moving Pittsburgh away accent. from Pittsburgh, I've become more affectionate towards Pittsburghies. <laughs> <laughs> just nostalgia. Yeah. Just ignore it. You know? Yeah. I mean, I always defended it against my friends because when I, in college, like they were from Philly, New Jersey, like Georgia, and different places. So I was like the only person who was like from Pittsburgh. So I was had to defend it. They're like, how come the sun never comes out up here? I'm like, uh, I mean, it's Pittsburgh, baby. They're like, why does your food taste like this? It's Pittsburgh, baby. <laughs> and that that's how I always uh, got through my years. But I mean, I think it's, that, that's pretty much everything. We don't want to hold you super, super long. Um, one question I wanted to ask, and then we have like one other segment. Um, it's the pandemic, baby. Hey, okay, I don't cool. have, you know, I'm here for whatever. <laughs> then cool. I lost half of my recording. I'm here. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. I did have one question. We brought up before, one thing I always laugh at about Pittsburgh is we have, like, such a diverse kind of, like, music. Not music, but, like, fan culture. Like, we have 
a lot of different music scenes. We have a big sports scene. Our nerd scene is really weird. You know, they have like the, the big furry convention. convention. The biggest one in the world, I guess. And other anime conventions. Like, do you see yourself at any of like the... How, do you have any thoughts about like the mixing of fan ideas and concepts in Pittsburgh? I think Pittsburgh is a an impasse of, for lack of a better word, gentrification. That we are trying to become one of the big cities. We we want it, you know. We're like a little brother that wants to be as cool as Chicago or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, we're trying something that I think is unique is is that I think that we are trying very hard to honor the unique blue collarness of Pittsburgh. Um, so you get these hip restaurants and hip places or whatever that are trying to honor the. Um, blue collar whatever of Pittsburgh and a part of that is obviously zombies and comic books and you know um, and George Romero and I just think it it ends up in a really interesting blend of of things Um, I appreciate that, that, that the people that are moving in are trying to appreciate our culture as someone who gets really annoyed about sports, (laughs) I appreciate that there are more bars opening that don't have televisions. Um, That's nice. But I think whatever... I wanted to move out of Pittsburgh because I was really frustrated with it. And I feel like in the last couple of years, it's really grown that whatever you want to find in Pittsburgh, if you're going to put the effort into it, you will find it. You know, whether you're a crust punk in your home, is it Gooskies or The Rock Room or Cativo or whatever, or, you know, going to warehouse shows, or whether you're a foodie and, you know, you go to all the new restaurants that are opening and food trucks and stuff like that, or whatever genre of music you're into or even beer brewing like they had the um oh i feel like an asshole fresh fest they had fresh fest you know that it's specifically we just talked about it on the uh pcc that uh you know they had a festival specifically for beer brewers of color that's awesome oh yeah and i think that like if you're interested in pittsburgh you can find it. And if it's not there, you can make it happen because there will be enough people there that are interested in it. I haven't been doing the Pittsburgh Creative Collective for so long, but as a member of the Pittsburgh music scene, I have seen so much gratitude, so much respectfulness, so much just pure, raw talent that I really want other people to hear that it has truly humbled me. And and made me think about Pittsburgh in a different way. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of when I really started to appreciate it is towards the end of my college years when I started seeing all the different things that you could be doing. About when I got to bar age and I started going to like the shitty college bars, but then started to, you know, maybe go to an event where I was a little bit maybe out of my price range and saw the other kind of bars. I'm like, whoa, whoa, there's a whole other world. You can drink stuff that's not made out of Vladdy? What's going on? And yeah, you don't have to be bar age in Pittsburgh, that's for sure. I don't know now in 2020, but... No, I think that's when I, like, started to break out of my shell and, like, start to go places. Um, that's that's coincided when I started to have money. Um, and <laughs> it I think, usually is for folks. And then I think that's when I started going to conventions and stuff like that and meeting a lot more people. So, yeah, there's definitely so much in the city to see, which is you know again another good reason why the creative collective that you've uh founded here in pittsburgh i think is an even better idea i do want to say we're trying to make it happen um you know we have a, a, a few dozen folks on our database but 
what like we don't make any money from it we just truly want to collect a bunch of bands and find every local event that we can and post them anyone who joins the database has the opportunity we immediately ask them do you want to be interviewed like you don't have to be at a certain level to get an interview and you don't have to be at a certain level to have us feature you on the show and it's not like we have a a a great listenership yet but we truly we're just a band that is upset that we can't play shows and my favorite part about playing shows is connecting with other other types of creatives whether Mm -hmm. those be jugglers or fire eaters or comedians or musicians or whatever so if I can't play shows right now, I still want to meet those people and hang out and talk and show your videos and show the talent that Pittsburgh has to offer. So please, if you're a, a band or a painter or an artist or a performer in some way, please join our database because we want to collaborate with you. Hey, well, there's a, there's a team of podcasters, so <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever kind of art that fits into, uh, we are... We yeah, join up. Yeah, I can put some information into there. Um, but, 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 do we want to, Steph, do you think we should do some of the little... Uh, we can do a few questions. Some of these rapid-fire questions. Yeah, so, Bonnie, I have, a, I have a question for you to kind of get us started. You've mentioned a few different, like, pop culture things, but, are, like, you are, like, relatively aware of, like, nerdy stuff, right? Yep. Cool, cool. That's what I wanted to check. Uh, we have a segment at the end of our show, or whenever this is considered. Uh, we call it Rapid Fire, but it's not, so we need to come up with a name one day. But would you be up for some random questions? Let's do it. Cool. It's not like a, a knowledge gatekeep kind of bullshit thing. We're just getting to know a friend. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, so Steph, which one do you want to do you want to start us off with? This is one of my favorite ones, so I'll, I'll go with this one. Um... Because we always get such cool answers and, like, always a different answer. Um, the question is, uh, what's your favorite iteration of the Joker from Batman? I mean, Jack Nicholson, a thousand percent. If you're from Pittsburgh and you don't think Michael Keaton movies <laughs> are the best Batman, then you should move the fuck out. <laughs> I'd say it's a hot take, but I don't think it's a hot take. <laughs> Very cool. Nice. Uh, what a, okay. what a ridiculous movie. What an amazing and ridiculous movie. Those, I, those fucking... Who is better? Name someone who's better at casting. Name someone who could cast Jack Nicholson as, as the Joker and Danny DeVito as the Penguin and Michael Keaton as Batman and best of all, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh. <laughs> fucking... Was that all Joel Shoemaker? I don't know who that is. All I care about is Michael Keaton. Okay. The director... (laughs) I think it was the... Yeah, I think it was Schumacher directed both of those. Yeah, the director who did at least the one... At least Batman and Robin um, was, like, incredibly gay. And that's why, like, the movies are so lush and have, like, fucking rubber nipples on the bat suits etc are you gonna tell me that something's better than that no no no, i'm saying it's just like luxe and it's what i need in my life in how dark and boring everything is right now if people give you other answers i'm upset with them that's (laughs) what i'm telling you also uma thurman was poison ivy and batman and robin yeah That's, that's just funny to think about for some reason to me i don't know why poison ivy has some good ideas in general about capitalists Poison Ivy's like, yo, fuck dudes. It's like, yeah, I guess that's true. Are you familiar with the Avatar series? Avatar The Last Airbender? Yeah. Yes, sir. I wonder when we're going to stop asking that. People with that. Because no one's ever talking about the blue one, but I also ask, like, do you mean the blue ones or the real one? And it's always... It outsold the Titanic. That's... (laughs) But, like, no one ever seems to talk about it, though. <laughs> or, like, until the next one come out. I was so excited about that that I peaked, so I'm, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So for Avatar, which uh, elemental bender would you be if you could pick? 
I'd like to think that I was something really cool, but I would probably be a waterbender. Oh, that hurts me as someone who definitely would be a waterbender. I am, I'm a Pisces. I'm very sensitive. Um, I'm, uh, you know, um, I think Hell about yeah, other fe- people's feelings a lot, so I feel like it would be, it would be Pisces. Although Iroh is my favorite. Well, well, that's think, also just, that's just, that's just common sense. Yeah, I think Ira has to be one of the best characters of all time. I think we, re- yeah, we did a tier list of different characters and he was at the top, so. Agreed. That tracks. Steph, you got the next one? Yeah, let's see. Um. Yeah, we got a few different ones on here. It's a really, really weird mishmash of ideas. Do you have, do you have strong feelings toward any particularly, like, weird candy that, like, you're, or, like, that's, like, a guilty pleasure, and, or, do you have, what is your favorite flavor of Starburst? I mean, pink, pink and yellow are the best. Um. True. But, and I feel strongly about that. (laughs) But I would say, um, both the British and the Italians are better than us at making candy. That's... Uh, the British trade grape for black currant, which is truly um, a better fruit. <laughs> <laughs> just in general, just overall, blows yeah. grape out of the water. A thousand percent. I, I don't think the British are very great at cooking things, <laughs> but I think that their candy is incredible. So anything black currant flavored from Britain, I'm a large fan of. Um, and, and as I said, maybe before we started, I just came from Italy on March 6th. I've been quarantined since then. And Italians are incredible at making coffee flavored candy, which is probably my favorite thing on the planet. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Um, I would really love to spend all of my money on these things called pocket coffees that they sell in convenience stores that are like, it's like some sort of like dark chocolate, whatever. And then you bite into it and it's filled with very sweet coffee with little like coffee bean bits. And I would sell my soul (laughs) for a life supply of them. Um, they're not expensive. They're not fancy. I'm not trying to be a bougie piece of shit, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the pocket um, coffee, though. pocket coffee, Jesus Christ on a bike. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. That's it for me. Yes. Is it something? I never eat a yellow starburst again and I love them. <laughs> is it something that like you can get stateside or is it just like, it like, like that it's expensive I mean, if you want to order from the evil Jeff Bezos... Oh, yeah, that's cursed. You can get them for quite a bit of shipping. Um, but I did fill my suitcase. Just to the brim with pocket coffee. <laughs> that's a smart idea. I had alcoholic chocolate from somewhere once. I think it was chocolate. Those little, like, bottle-shaped ones, and then they're filled with different liquors. Maybe. No, it was, like, little, like chocolates like you would get like in a like a valentine's day type chocolate box like a truffle like, kind of dude it was, uh, okay. it was, like yeah we'll think like rite aid ones it wasn't even like truffles it was like box of chocolates type thing but they mm-hmm. were all the same um in a smaller box and they had like a whiskey in them mm. i'm just telling you if you want to treat yourself go on to amazon and order yourself some pocket coffees because it'll change your life i'm really tempted i think i might pocket coffee the uh my like my one like my far away thing that i can't get that's like super regular where it's from is uh i studied abroad in japan for a semester when i was in college and in the spring they have cherry blossom flavor which is different than cherry flavor and i can't describe it but it's very good in my opinion They have all that green tea flavored stuff too, Ooh, like yeah. green green tea flavored Kit Kats. So I want good. that in my life. Those green are good. tea Kit Kats are good as hell. I remember one time we went to, I don't remember which anime convention it was, to go to a bunch, but like one of the vendors had like all the different Japanese Kit Kats, which I thought was just going to be the, the, the green tea one, but there were like three or four other flavors, and I saw them 
uh, we went to Aruba for a wedding, and in their customs shop, they had like a bunch of different Kit Kats. And had I not spent a week in Aruba, I would have bought a lot more uh, flavored <laughs> Kit Kats. But like I was not spam trying spam to... flavored Kit Kats. I always buy yeah. the um, different. Um, I don't buy much candy for my house because I'm a white woman on a diet. But um, ah, yes. I do. Anytime I do make it to Walmart, I try to buy any new flavor of Oreo that comes out. Oh, yeah. They're so fun. Even if it's terrible. I, I play tricks on my husband because he'll eat any cookie on the planet. So I'll buy the grossest. Like, I'll buy, like, red hot Oreos and see how long it'll take him to eat them. Like, the entire box. And it's usually, like, two or three days. Hey, did you? Did you have the uh, Sour Patch Kids ones or Swedish Fish? I can't remember which order. The Swed- they were. There were Swedish Fish ones. I wanted to try them, but they were only at, like, Kroger. Ugh. The, um... Well... God, what was I... There was... I had a weird food story. Oh, no, it was about Kit Kats. Um, so there are, like, dozens and dozens of flavors of Kit Kats in Japan because the way you pronounce Kit Kat in Japanese, keep the cats, is also the way you say, like, you're going to definitely win. Like, kitokatsu means, like, literally, like, you will surely win. Oh, so it's like a, like a So pun. it's like a good luck thing. Japanese people <laughs> love puns. I had a friend who um, went and stayed in a Spanish-speaking country, and she brought her toothpaste, which was Colgate. But in Spanish, Colgate is Colgate, which means hang yourself. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, no. Yikes. They were like, what the fuck kind of... Toothpaste. Metal ass toothpaste are you using? I still think it's funny. She told me it like five years ago and I, it's just great. That's amazing. Sorry uh, to mean to interrupt you. It was no, just is it, that's to me. that was the end of the <laughs> the end of the, the Kit Kat story. Here's one we got. Here's a fun one. You might like this. If this were if there were casting that happened, if there was a movie about your life, you know, they're making the Bonnie the Bonnie Moan story. Who would you want to play you if it was a show or a movie or other kind of media? Everyone I think like is not worthy of me. Like nice. I'm, I'm I love not that for like you. No, 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 I'm saying that like backwards. Like I'm not <laughs> cool enough. Like Like I used to have a reoccurring dream where I would sing under pressure with David Bowie. But in my dream, I was also Adele. <laughs> like, I was Adele singing under pressure with David Bowie. Um, but I'm not worthy of, like, any of those things. You know, not even, like, Tilda Swinton or whatever. Like, I could name a bunch of people I like, but, um, yeah, no. No. <laughs> I always just I go know. with uh, Donald Glover. I, I feel like that's who would play me in a movie if I was able to get a movie. I do not think Donald Glover w- <laughs> would be a great choice. I don't think he looks like me or anything. I just feel like that's the general vibe that I give off sometimes. I'm I'm going to say that uh, Meryl Streep could certainly play me. Absolutely. Meryl Streep could do anything she wanted. She could play Batman, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter. But as far as anyone who gives me like, oh, you look like them is always it's always something shitty. They're always like, You do tattoos and you're a woman, so you look like Kat Von D. You're like, No, uh, don't like her. She's very bad. We don't like her. We don't like her. I mean, um, we all know there's so, only one actor who could play all three of us, and that's Scarlett Johansson because she is all <laughs> races. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I have a. I don't. I'm sorry. That's fair. Meryl the, Streep. The flip side is she this could question. do it. I don't think I'm worthy of it, but she could lower herself. She could iron weed her way. Oh no! Into... no. <laughs> well, here's the flip of that question. What character would you like to play in a show or movie? So say they were casting a, a movie about anybody or a show, cartoon, anime, and you were going to do their voice or play as them. Who would you want a chance to put your spin on? I want to be Sweeney Todd. Hell yeah. Um, also, though, uh, you know how you have to take like a career aptitude test in high school? Mm-hmm. I got Puppeteer. 
What a creepy result. <laughs> like, but um, my amazing. lifelong dream has been to be um, a guest on The Muppet Show. So I would love it if if a Muppet, I don't even care, like, it could be the Swedish chef, could just be <laughs> me, um, I would, I would be, uh, I, my, I could kill myself That'd right after that. The Swedish chef, any Muppet. <laughs> Amazing. Just, just get to do a Kermit one day. Cool, Steph, are there any of these that are speaking to you? Let's do one more. Let's say if you could cross over any two media, like musical and a TV show, like what book and movie, like whatever, like what two like groups of characters would you like to see interacting with each other? Oh, that's such a broad question. It says so much about people. I always forget what ours were, but they've probably changed anyway. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I was going to say maybe if you remember that would help me. Probably Sonic and something for you. It would have been Sonic and Mega Man, but that already happened. So (laughs) that was like the (laughs) ideal for me. I'm like, it's cool. I don't need anything else. I'm good. Honestly, the first thing I think of, which is like a... I feel like it's not that fun of an answer, but I really wish that Ron Swanson and Teddy Roosevelt could hang out. I think that's a pretty good answer, actually. I feel like Ron Swanson would appreciate that. (laughs) He'd be really excited. It's like a very good vibe, like like a similar vibe mix. Like, I like that. I mean, I like that answer. I, I, people always say they're going to be boring answers, but like everyone we've heard has been like, oh yeah, I like that. Hey, that's pretty cool too. <laughs> I always arrange my books on my bookshelf in order of um, how much I think the author would like the other author, or if I don't like the author, I put them next <laughs> to someone I think they would hate. So they have to sit next to them for all eternity. That's the best book organization. That's the first time I've ever heard of that book organization method, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, it makes me smile when when I look at it. And like, and Lord knows, I Lord knows, I get a lot of uh, what do you call like book organization discourse as part of YA Twitter. <laughs> do you have any uh, particular like authors that are next to each other that's uh, noteworthy? Well, like, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien were, like, buds. Yeah. Um, but I hate Dostoevsky, so I um, I have a copy of Twilight. Next so to... I put them next to each other. Because I feel like they would both hate one another. I would love to know, like, what a, like what are what, what some of the classic writers and thinkers, what would they like from our current day that would actually be surprising to us? Like, would, I don't know, would Plato be, like, a huge, like, Star Wars fanboy or something like, like I, I mean I think a, I think a lot of that stuff would surprise us like right before David Bowie died he was talking about how much of a huge Kendrick Lamar fan he was yeah I remember that that blew me away like wait hold on what's going on <laughs> that was actually which I mean he's he's not wrong yeah um, true it's fantastic um, but a lot of the way that I got into stuff was like I feel like when people get into goth culture, they get into Tim Burton, and then they get into, like, Edward Gorey or Vincent Price, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, and, like, travel back from... Yeah, Yeah, so they, like, go backwards, but for me, like, I went into Hot Topic, and I saw a shirt that had the cabinet of Dr. Caligari on it, and I was like, who's Bauhaus? That sounds cool. Nice. And, like, you know, like, I started out really, you know, like, I have old parents, and I had access to really old media because I was in a super rural town, and where else would I, you know, where am I going to find 80s goth bands? So I was, like, reading, you know, like, the the reg, you know, Edgar Allan Poe and Lovecraft and um, Le Fanu and, and watching movies, uh, like Vincent Price movies and, and, uh, the Twilight Zone and, and Hammer films and shit like that. And then finding out that there was this whole music genre associated to it. Um, 
So I think there's always people that you can connect like that. Like, I don't think human nature really changes. We're still interested in the same questions that we had before. It's just gotten more complicated. Yeah, that makes sense. One of the big things I remember hearing that blew me away, but I guess it makes sense if you followed these things, which I didn't, was that a lot of the stuff that Shakespeare wrote and, like, those kind of people was just kind of, like, pop culture and... So like you know what the upper crust did like the the fancy people they were all the ones who could read so books was where the high art was so if it was something that commoners could understand it wasn't necessarily the high art and they're like y- you know most of us know Romeo and Juliet and maybe a couple other Shakespeare plays but we don't know like his whole uh repertoire yeah his whole his whole repertoire who else was making plays at that time they were like it just kind of got lost at time and he uh, the person was saying, you know, you might find out if you were able to live, like, for another thousand years that people were saying, oh, you only know the mainline Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, you didn't watch you didn't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you're not a real you don't truly understand the intricacies of the Inter-Mail writing. Intermail culture, yeah, like... <laughs> like, things that might look like high art in the future because it'll be, like, behind like, college really backing or something. <laughs> So See, really- that's where I'm like a snob, though, because I'm like Christopher Marlowe, obviously. <laughs> but, like, I I think that no matter where you are in human history, that's going to be the thing. And any any intricacy of the human experience that you want to explore, you're going to find in in any era whatsoever. Like, I don't think humans change at all. You know, we're de- we know like we're more connected, which is great because it get you know it's helping with some of the you know like I'm I'm a woman so I don't want to time travel unless you're like an affluent white man that can go back in time. Yeah, then, I don't need to go, like, that, ba- need pretty, to go that far back. Pretty happy. We're <laughs> Why would way? you ever want to time travel? But I have like um, a good forty year period that I can maybe mess around with, <laughs> and this wouldn't be one of the years that I would go to. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe if you could go back to, like, a really peaceful Native American time, that would be cool, but... Yeah, I saw a really interesting thing when when Hamilton hit Disney+, and everyone was reviving Hamilton discourse in the internet. Um, like, interesting about how, like, like, Shakespeare we think of now as, like, some, like, boring English class shit, but, like, it was the pop culture of the time, and also, like, yeah. is also like identical to Hamilton in some ways and that it was like h- historical like fan fiction about uh like about former members of the ruling class that glorified the current ruling class. Can I can I can I um can I ask you two a question? Yeah. Yeah, sure. On a scale of 1 to 10, like how how much do you like Hamilton? That's a that's a... That should be a much easier question. Yeah. I was going to say, like, if you asked me, like, two years ago, it would be a different number, but I'd say, like, maybe a 6.5. Yeah. Like, I think I... it's a really good show that has a lot of problems. Yeah. And also yeah was... Um, I just watched it for the first time because it came out on Disney Plus, and I ain't got money to go see fucking shows at the Benedum all the time, unless they're made by Stephen Sondheim, and then I'll cop it up. But, <laughs> um, like, I don't, am I alone in thinking that it wasn't really that great and that the dude who wrote it maybe shouldn't have been the main character? That's a pretty universal. Why has he got to be all Mozart about it and play first violin? Like, yeah, I think that's, that's probably not to, not to poo poo on you. I think that's like the coldest take that you could have. Like a lot of people are like, yeah, he shouldn't have did that. It should have been somebody else. He's off key. Like (laughs) often. Like, he's like a, like, he's like a Beastie Boys B-side. Like. <laughs> he can't act either. Like I want to like it more. Like, everybody's black and they're just like, oh, look at this great character. We're just going to ignore the fact that he owns slaves. Like, it just. Like... <laughs> yeah, there's a lot wrong with it. I think the, the, the best way to be introduced to it which you can never choose to do these things but i'm just gonna say my experience was good because i was just scrolling down tumblr i'm like why are people talking about hamilton like like who, wasn't he like one of the founding fathers 
And then I saw like a, a gif of it that somebody got from like CBS or something, where it was like a bunch of black people on stage, and the one guy had like a bandana that I thought was a do rag. I'm like, wait, hold on, is this is this a musical? What is this? Someone's like, listen to the song, and they're like rapping and stuff. I'm like, oh, maybe this will be a cool musical. And then I went through it that way, and like, since I wasn't thinking about it, I just was being swept up in the lyricism and the the sound of it. I'm like, oh, this sounds pretty good. Like, this guy's kind of a weird voice, but everybody else seems pretty good. And so I listened to the soundtrack a lot before I ever saw it. I'm like, man, this seems pretty cool. And then the stage production I thought was fun. But as far as, like, I, I think it probably should have won the awards it got, but I'm also not a huge fan of musicals anyway, so I'd be willing to believe that I'm wrong, but... I mean, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I mean, it's fine, you know. <laughs> I think I'm fairly critical of musicals in general, as as someone who, um, you know, as being a piece of shit who's critical of musicals. <laughs> uh, not that you know, um, I I've auditioned for things and cried in the middle of them, so it's not like I have a leg to stand on. But <laughs> see, uh, I, I don't have any of that. All I was. The thing that swept me up was uh, some of the more clever rapping styles that were in it. Oh, yeah. That one guy's like Buster Rhymes. He's so fast. It's great. Yeah. And, like, I could speak, not right now, because I'm not in the mood to do it right now, but a lot of the stuff I feel like is written in a very interesting way that I'm like, oh, okay. So, like, as, like, a piece of hip-hop, this works pretty well. Maybe not the subject matter, but, like, as... Well, conceptually, but not, like, the, the specifics are where I think it loses a lot, you know, about being slave owners. If you take the broad thing of, hey, this guy... just, like, having a storyline. Yeah, it was, it's very abstract. A lot of it's made up, too, like, completely... I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry to go on this tangent. No, I just okay. needed... I just watched it, and I feel like I can't criticize it, or I'll be ostracized from society. No. It's okay. The, uh... I, the the only thing that kind of an, the annoying thing about the discourse to me, um, and this isn't about anything you're saying, is just that people are like, hey, this is problematic. Why do you guys like this? It's like, uh, we already had this discussion and came to terms with it. So it seems like a lot of people that are getting mad about it now are just people that want to be mad versus people who are just like now seeing it. You know what I mean? I'm not mad about it. I yeah, think not I'm just you. mad That's just, at other people, people from from the. Uh white millennial race that refused <laughs> to accept any um criticisms yeah. oh no that's not that's not a, well i mean obviously not me but it's not us it's you can criticize that dude all day long if you want to it's like oh he wrote some good rhymes he's still kind of a I don't think that he shouldn't have won the awards that he you know like okay whatever you know cool oh yeah i mean well, if cats can win awards then this I mean, this is way better than Cats. Hell yeah. Did you see the Cats movie by chance? I really want to get very drunk with a collection of friends, and that is not um, something I can do right now. It's not, but that's the best way to do it. It's the only way to do it. We did it online that way, and it was a lot more tolerable watching it online with friends. Because I couldn't have sat there and watched that sober by myself. <laughs> I would have got turned off so fast. Yeah, maybe if I if I got together with some friends on Discord and, and did it. But I would truly like to do it in person with a group of friends and get very drunk. Yeah, that's and, the way to do uh, it for sure. Maybe do a drug I've never done before. And, <laughs> and you know, and then jellical cats don't have thumbs. And see where we go. <laughs> And every time Yikes. that I thought that I had seen as wild as I, it was going to be, it continued to, like, escalate. And then I went to sleep very confused that Just night. Just more and more bad decisions were made over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Jason Derulo, good dancer, though. And better singer than uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> they should have had Jason Derulo be the lead Play of Hamilton. Hamilton. <laughs> I'm, 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 like I said, I don't think I'm a good judge because, um, one, I love, like, operatic, not very, um, I'm, I'm, cla- I'm classically trained, so I like stuff naturally that isn't catchy, you know, I like Stephen mm-hmm. Sondheim, but on the other side of that, I really love tap dancing. Tap dancing's so good. And I think Sammy Davis Jr. is the most underrated person that's ever lived. So I'll sit around and watch 
videos of Sammy Davis Jr. tap dancing to a plot that doesn't make sense for hours. Mm-hmm. So, um, really, I'm a hypocrite. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Look, we <laughs> all are. what I'm trying to tell you. I only fell in love with t- tap dance recently because they use tap dance percussion as, like, an instrument in the Cuphead soundtrack. And that's a weird yes. thing that, that, that I have yes, to just they accept. Did. It's wonderful. It's such a great soundtrack. Maybe we'll link tap dance ways. together someday. I'll teach you. You want to learn how to time step? I'll do that. <laughs> I like to learn things. <laughs> but yeah, I think we have came to our allotted time. Uh, it's been quite a conversation, I think. I'm and... at two hours and four minutes and 32 seconds. Yep, so. that's yeah. about where we are. But yes, so that was, that's a lot. And we'd love to keep talking forever, but I do have some things I got to get to. I apologize for that. We'll have to have you on again sometime, Bonnie. It was really great conversation. Yeah, Yeah, I hope that I answered the things that you, I feel like I just talked about a bunch of bullshit. Um... The the secret (laughs) is that that's the whole point of this show. That's really all it is. It's just a BS with some friends. We just say it's about an interview, but it's really about homies and stuff. Well, hey, let me shamelessly plug myself in case anyone's interested in the bullshit that I just spoke. Yeah, thank you, because that was going to be my final, my next and final question. So please, <laughs> where can people find you? What do you got going on? Listen, I'm here. I'm here for it. Um, so the Pittsburgh Creative Collective, uh, just check out our website. If you search that on Google, you can find our Instagram and website. It's just pittsburghcreativecollective.com. I am also a tattoo artist, so Instagram, at Bonnie Ramon. You can check out my my work there if you'd like to get tattooed. And to me, most importantly, is my band, uh, Bonnie and the Mere Mortals. We're on Spotify, and we're on the Spotify's and the Bandcamp's and the... (laughs) and the the social medias so please please check us check us out we can't play shows right now so we're all pretty sad and if you want to get a tattoo from bonnie like put that (laughs) request in soon (laughs) yeah again uh everyone's like tat zombies they're they're breaking down my door like that scene in um you know the vincent price last man on earth you know he's just sitting there listening to his phonograph and a, and a wife beater and people are just breaking down my door like buddy i need a tattoo but they're <laughs> zombies i've just been sitting in my house thinking about my tattoos the tattoos yeah, I for it, months. It, I, it's truly a champagne problem but um i'm gonna complain about it anyways hey that's that's totally all right we're all friends we're not saying that other people don't have problems just because we have some minor things going on here and there but on our end, Steph, do you want to mm-hmm. kick the socials to take? <laughs> yeah, I can, I can do that. So if uh, you want to find this podcast, you can find us on the podcast catcher of your choice. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Podcasts, etc., etc. You can find us on Facebook at Character Reveal. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Character Rev, on Instagram at Character Reveal. You can listen to us in your browser at characterreveal.simplecast.fm. You can find Dom anywhere he wants to be found on the internet at Brother Dom, and you can find me on Twitter at Captain Steph, on Tumblr at The Snow Queer, and on Instagram at Hella Steph. Yes, that's us. That's so, us. again, listeners, thank you so much for hanging out with us for another episode. Thanks to Steph for your awesome hosting duties. Thank you to myself. Yes, I'll pat myself on the back. And <laughs> thank you, Bonnie, for joining us. We really appreciate your time. It was an awesome time to hang out. Yeah, I had a great show. For sure. This is a great conversation. I love it. Yeah. Hey, but listeners, until next time, see you later. Bye.